for everything oh, for everything indie for everything cults it's the blue horseshoe now. now here's your host george bremer and ryan hickey And welcome in to another post-game edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. The Colts fall to 4-10-1 on the season as they lose in prime time for, thankfully, the final time this year. They fall to the Chargers 20-3. And a lot to take out of this, George, not just with the game. We still there's some takeaways there uh, for sure, but also Jim Mercer spoke with ESPN before the game. That's some interesting comments about the job status of Jeff Saturday moving forward and Hickey's um, an actual viable candidate to be permanent head coaching uh, head coach of this team. He talked, Jim Mercy did, about the quarterback position specifically. We'll tell you what he said and uh, react to it as well. And also, too, interesting uh, bit of news that's coming down uh, in the NFL on Monday, and that is the firing of Nathaniel Hackett. When it comes to head coaching searches, George, we also may discuss as well, Broncos, Colts, who's more attractive? It's an interesting one. Is made, you know Some of the same names that the Colts have been rumored uh, to be linked to. Also, now you're starting to see maybe be linked to the uh, the Broncos as well. So we got a very busy pod here. But we were talking before the show. I think it's very, very fitting to start here. Again, just minutes after a 20-3 loss. You're 4-10-1 to the Chargers on Monday Night Football. I'll ask you this question, George, especially you being in the stadium. I think the, key, uh, the team quit. Uh, I think so, uh, but I, I want to you know clarify that because I think you know is there effort? Yes, there is. But is there effort at an NFL level? Is that effort? You know, are are they fighting for every yard? Are they pushing? You know, beyond their limits? I don't think so. And I think you saw that. You know, they're out there and they're going through the motions, and I think they're trying to make something happen. But uh, you know, and part of that too is the offense was just so lifeless today that it's hard. It's hard to come out and say, oh, you know, as they did in the post game, that there was a lot of fight, but you were 0 for 10 on third down, which is the second time this year now that you haven't converted a third down. You didn't score a touchdown, which is the fourth time this year that's happened. Uh, when, when those kind of things happen like that, it's it's hard to sit there and say, you know, everybody was giving premium effort, and, and, and that was the result. Um, if that's true, it's probably even more concerning than than the results would indicate. Um, but how could they not? You know what I mean? When, when you look around and, and you're on your third quarterback, uh, your offense is down three assistant coaches. Zaire Franklin made reference to that after the game that, you know, the offense is in a tough spot. The, they're, they're shorthanded on the coaching staff. Uh, there's been so many changes out there. I think a lot of guys now are thinking about more about personal things, um, you know, their own contract situation, um, whether they're going to have a job here next year or, you know, how that's going to turn out. Uh, and that's natural. I mean, that's all that's left. That's what's on the line realistically in these last two weeks. So, um, again, you know, I think there, there was a level level of effort. Um, but was it at that level that you really need to, to, to compete in the NFL? And clearly not look at, look at the score and just throughout the whole day. I mean, the chargers kind of felt like they were sleepwalking too, but they were in control of this game really from the second quarter on. I mean, the first quarter, both teams were kind of equally bad, but as soon as the chargers scored that touchdown, uh, I don't know that it ever felt like the Colts were, were threatening them or that, you know, that this was going to become a contest. And I mean, right for yourself, your brain's still like, like, right. Even when it's, you know, 10 to three, it's like, or 13 to three, it's like, this game's over. Like the Colts are not scoring, you know, any, another one touchdown, let alone 10 points to even, you know, get this, um, make the Chargers sweat. 
But it's like going back to your point about quitting, it's just like I'm with you. I think they did for the first time all season. You can maybe say a little bit in the second half and in the fourth quarter last week in Minnesota as the you know that comeback is piling on. But it's like really for a full game, you kind of saw for the first time in a long time. The Colts done a good job, Lisa, of putting good effort in, and you just felt like that was not there on Monday night. And it's important also to quali- quantify or, or qualify at least that obviously players and coaches, like they don't tank, right? Like, uh, we've been right. talking about them losing out and it being a good thing. Many fans, many of you listening want the Colts to lose, and that's, again, mission accomplished. The players at least there, to, to, they are playing hard. They want to win the game. And so to your point, when you watch Monday night, they look how lifeless. It is frustrating in a sense, but you're also right. I can't blame them. Like I, I can't rip them. If this was a team that was competent, if this was even a team – that maybe had Matt Ryan play the entire year and it, it was not a total circus like it was this year. I would say, you know what? That's a bad job. You're not, you know, being professionals, even though the record is what it is, you're not making the playoffs. You still at least go out there for 17 games and play hard. But it's like you to your with everything going around with the offense shorthanded. And now you see on Monday, especially them running Nick Foles out there, clearly not being ready for the job, having, you know, working with the starters for the first time as a cult this week, thrown to guys like Michael Pittman Jr. So it's like he was not put in a position to succeed whatsoever. It's comical to think that this was the actual, the best option at quarterback for you to win the game. So it's like if you are anyone else on this team and you look around just how the quarterback position itself is being treated this year, it's tough to actually feel like this team cares about winning or, or feel as a player, you feel inspired to play hard because it feels like they're just throwing the season away with how they're just so willy-nilly about kind of putting these quarterbacks in impossible positions to succeed. And I think we saw that on Monday night, especially with Nick Foles. Well, and I think, you know, playing into that is the situation in the AFC South. I mean, you look up this week and, and Jacksonville's in first place with a seven and eight record and you got to feel <laughs> like, you know, this team at three, three and one kind of threw the talent, you know, and, and I think that's really uh, what a lot of it comes down to when, when they bench Matt Ryan after that loss in Tennessee and, and you threw two games away with Sam Ellinger at that point uh, and, and then you fire Frank Reich and you're three, five and one and, and now you're sitting up and you've won one of your last nine games in a extremely winnable division you know I, I think that's that plays into this too i mean these guys are human it's one of the things that nick Bowles was talking about you know in the postgame locker room that uh, with or in the postgame press conference to him that you know with fancy football and things you kind of lose touch of the fact that there's people playing these games uh and i think they're like anybody else i mean you're gonna sit there and, and you're frustrated enough with your season and you gotta sit and look at what jacksonville's done and think this could have been us. You know, if you're, if you're playing in our locker room, how can that not go through your mind? You know, if, if there hadn't been some meddling upstairs uh, way too early in the year. And I think of it is like, I, I don't know necessarily that anything that the Jim Mercy has been credited with doing is wrong in and of itself, but the timing was all out of whack. If you put Nick Foles in way back at three, three and one, and then you still end up where you are now. And at this point, you're firing Frank Reich and turning to Sam Ellinger. People are looking at all those moves a little bit differently than when they happened. You know, doing them in the order that they did them was a little bit chaotic. Not a little bit chaotic. It was completely chaotic. And I think it's, how's that not going to affect the locker room? I mean, just look at your own job. You know, if your station manager is making decisions like that, you're going to start wondering what what's going through their head. And I think the players are no different. And I, and I don't know how they would be. You know, and as you mentioned with Nick Foles, he didn't it's week 16 and here you are hey go run the offense man you're taking your first snaps with the first team offense since the summer this week you know and i know baker mayfield came in one two games for the rams i understand that it's happened other places doesn't mean it's the right thing to do doesn't mean it's the right way to do it and it, honestly 
you know, at, at the end of his presser today, Nick Foles almost made the case that it should still be Matt Ryan's job. So it's just that kind of year. It's an odd uh, I, I think so many decisions have been made and people have been put in bad situations, whether it's the quarterbacks, whether it's, you know, we talked about just Saturday the day he was hired. This is a really rough spot for him to be in, you know, coming in, in the middle of the year and, and not being with the team. All of this, it, it's just head scratching. And then, like I said, when you look up at the end of the day and this division is the most winnable division, maybe outside of the NFC South uh, in the NFL this year, if you don't get frustrated, you don't care very much about, what you're doing for a living. And to add on to that frustration, George, too, it's like, it's not like this team at three, three and one when they theoretically threw the talent by starting Sam Ellinger, right? And that kind of started the entire downfall of the season. Real well, you could say the downfall started before that, but you know, mm-hmm. really kind of sent the season into a, a total tailspin for sure. It's also like they have been in almost every game. So it's like, it, it, it just adds to where it's like, you threw away the season early on, and oh, by the way, you're still competitive. Where sure you're losing a lot of these games that you should have won, but it's like they really outside of tonight's game, the time I had, like they have, and the fourth quarter really doubt the Dallas game, like they have been in and have competed with some of the best teams in the league this year and not made enough plays in the end for sure to win. And we get into their fourth quarter, so I'll we'll be a little bit, but it's like. It's also like they're not like the Texans, right, George, where they get blown every weekend. It's like, okay, you can kind of see like we're nowhere near where we're supposed to be. Like it almost adds extra frustration when you all these moves happen, all this chaos happens, and still for the most part, you are competitive and you are going toe to toe with one of the best teams in the league each and every week. And it's like you're you're there, you're knocking on the door some weeks. It's like some weeks you can kind of see, oh, this this team's like actually not as far away as maybe we think. And then you go into a night like tonight where it's just like it feels like it all kind of you really are now starting to pay the piper of making a movie like you did when you hired Jeff Satter with no experience, like I said, out of the ESPN booth. And now this is really kind of the price that uh, Jim Mercer is paying going back to last week against Minnesota, making history with the biggest blue lead. Uh, now this week on national TV, laying a, a fat egg in which the game, like I said, outside of really the Chargers finally stopped beating themselves after like the first quarter. Kind of a game that you never knew was going to be in doubt after they got that first touchdown by Austin Eckler. Yeah, I mean, the only game that I can even compare this one to was the New England game that, that got Frank Reich fired. You lost that one mm-hmm. 24-3. Yeah. Uh, some similarities there. You had Sam Ellinger at quarterback for that one and, and Nick Foles today. Jonathan Taylor misses both of those games. 0-14 on third down in New England. Over 10 on third down today. Uh, I think there were three turnovers in both those games. I'm not sure about that. I wouldn't swear to that. Uh, there are definitely three turnovers today, though, and three just awful interceptions. But again, Terrible. what did you expect? I mean, when, when when you're throwing a guy out there who hasn't worked with these receivers, the first one was a miscommunication. You know that's going to happen. You know, I mean, it's just uh, you've got 30 turnovers now for the season. So, again, one consistent <laughs> thing that they've done, uh, two per week. I mean, you can almost mark that down, right? Um, it's just... I would say it's unfathomable, but it's not because it's the blueprint we've seen all year. The games have been closer um, than this for the most part. I mean, you got you got basically uh, the New England game, the first Jacksonville game, this one. Um, that's about it that I can think of that were really two-score games. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing one. Tennessee game, the second Tennessee game was a two-score game. Uh, pretty much everything else has been a one-score game, you know, right down the wire. But I think what's concerning to me as far as, and we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, probably in the next segment. Uh, but, you know, as far as Jeff Saturday's tenure here in one and five, you make the case every game's been a little bit worse than the one before it. You, you beat Las Vegas in the opener, you take Philadelphia down to the final play, 
You lay an egg against Pittsburgh. You have the 33-point fourth quarter against Dallas. You have the historic loss in Minnesota. And then today, you know, you just don't really show up. It's a great point. It's a great point. And I think even to add to the frustration, too, is it's just like it's simple things, too. Because like even like going back to Nick Foles, like the offensive line today or on Monday night allows seven sacks. Now, again, Nick Foles is not exactly fleet of foot, and he, he's you could maybe argue even more of a statue or just as much of a statue as Matt Ryan is back there. But it's like it's now, again, the second week in a row, George, too, where you have a fourth and short. I think it, I think it was both times one yard. You have run a quarterback sneak. And frankly, it's not even close. Like, like they, they, they didn't get it. It was, you know, again, you're, but it's just like you don't even get any sort of push. Last week, the, the Minnesota defense is the worst defense in the NFL. They are dead last in total defense. It's not like you know, there's no Nick. Uh, excuse me, there's no Joey Bosa for the Chargers this week, and it's still just like it's the same result. And again, maybe it is part of it quitting. I hope. I honestly, I hope that's the case. I hope that this is a unit and this is a team that is just so put out. And just so done with Jeff Saturday, they just have no reason to play hard and they are just mailing it in. Because if that's still an offensive line that's playing hard, uh, that, I mean, you talk about major issues for next year, Georgia, and some things that, you know, we've been harping on all season long. If you were getting pushed around this badly and this is still you playing at your best or you're trying your hardest, there are some major, major issues. And there's going to be a major shakeup needed to what is the most expensive unit on this team and uh, the offensive line in the NFL. I think one of the things that that has marked the last three losses, the fourth quarter, you know, just just not showing up. Um, and I, I crunched some some numbers. I mean, we know sixty two to nothing in the last three games, ninety to nine over the last five games. They haven't mm-hmm. scored a point in the fourth quarter since November twentieth when they kicked a field goal uh, against I want to say it was Philadelphia. You know, and, and they haven't scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter since the touchdown to, to win the the game in Las Vegas. Uh, they haven't scored a touchdown at home in the fourth quarter since October 30th. That touchdown was scored by Naheem Hines in his last game here. That's that's an oh incredible number when you think about that. And today, I mean, to talk about how uncompetitive they were today, you start the fourth quarter down 13-3 to at the opponent's 12-yard line. You don't pick that up. And I have to go back and look at the play-by-play, but I don't think they were in Chargers territory again the rest of the way. They started the fourth quarter down 10 points, but at the 12-yard line. A field goal is going to make it a one-score game, a touchdown, and it's a it's three-point game, obviously. Not only do you fail on that fourth and one, I don't think you cross the 50 again the rest of the day. These fourth quarter numbers are incredibly bad. I, I don't, And they've been bad all year. I don't want to just put that on Jeff Saturday. They've been bad in the fourth quarter most of the year. Real early in the season, they weren't. Uh, when Matt Ryan had the comeback wins and they were, you know, getting things done you know even the the tie they were good in the fourth quarter of that game the only quarter they were good in that day Uh, but really you can go back to probably mid-october and the fourth quarter has just been unbelievable and think about that that you've not scored a touchdown at home in the fourth quarter since before halloween the day before halloween oh and you haven't scored a point in the fourth quarter period in the month of december that's there are a lot of numbers that, that show you how epically bad this offense is. But to me, those numbers are just and and that's where look that's the NFL games are won and lost in the fourth quarter. We used to talk about the NBA about that way all the time. That's the NFL these days. The, you're in the fourth quarter and you either make plays in that quarter or you don't. And again, you start the fourth quarter today at the opponent's twelve yard line and you don't score a point in the period. And I think what emphasizes that point even more, George, is you see the difference makers of, of who's a good fourth uh, fourth quarter team, who's not. 
huge comes down to the quarterback, right? It's mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, oversimplifying it for sure. But it's like you even watch Justin Herbert, whether it's even in the fourth quarter, even just other times during this game, he makes some throws that's just like he – you see how important the quarterback position is because he erases so many other faults. It's not like the Chargers, again, are this great team. It's not like the Chargers played well at all even on Monday night. Like, again, they couldn't get out of their way for the first quarter and a half. And even with how bad and how lifeless the Colts were, we're talking about a score that was, the final score that was 20-3. to three. Like, and again, in theory, although it never felt like the Colts were actually in it, like they were by the score technically in it until he kind of, you know, midway through the fourth quarter here. But he still just finds ways to kind of, you know, make a play or two to kind of, again, bail your team out, get them out of a, a second and 20 and make it a third and manageable, maybe convert the, that second and 20 into a first down. Whereas, I mean, you see the Colts, like they get a false start at first and 10, they can't overcome it. You know, yep. you, you fall down a yard before you can, they can't overcome it. So it's just like, it's so frustrating. And again, it goes back to the importance of quarterback. And we'll get into what Jim Mercer said here in a little bit, because he had some, I think, scary words, frankly, George. We're talking to ESPN about the position of the quarterback. I will tell you here in a second. But you're right. The fourth quarter, they've been horrendous. And I think the point you made just before that, but to kind of piggyback on Jeff Saturday, is 100% right. They have gotten worse under Jeff Saturday every week. It's it's not surprising, but you're 100% right. This team has found new ways and has looked worse and worse in the fourth quarter each and every single week since he's taken over now um, as head coach. And it's just, again, it's it's him. It's not having a quarterback that you can trust for sure uh, in the big money period. And it's, it's very frustrating that you're seeing a team, again, just kind of fold to the biggest moments. And it confirmed before, you're right, they did not get back into Chargers territory after getting stuffed in a fourth and one. They got to their own 49, so they, they knocked at the door. They waved. They looked over the fence. They saw the Chargers' territory. Did not cross the fence, though. Did not get back into Chargers' territory. The rest of the game to highlight your point of just the ineptitude in offense, especially in the most important quarter of the game. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the overall. They had sixty five passing yards in the first half. They averaged something like three point eight yards per play. I mean, it just and, and this is you know this is what the quarterback change was was supposed to help theoretically. Uh, if anything, they went backwards. And it was the worst offensive game since that New England game. I forgot, too. In the New England game, there were nine sacks. Today, there were seven. A whole lot of similarities between those two football games. Uh, and now you've got two more games to, to kind of play out this string. And, and I guess we'll see we'll see where that all ends up. To kind of put a bow on this game specifically, I just want to bring up one thing. Really, it's kind of, it, this really does aggravate me, George. Why is Jelani Woods specifically? Why is he an all-or-nothing guy? And I'm not saying it's his fault. But it's the way he's targeted. We, mm-hmm. I think all three, all three catches he got were on the first drive, if I'm not mistaken. Did not get another catch after that, and it's just like I feel like that's even like throughout the season he's been a guy that he'll get a touchdown in a big moment and then, or nothing, or like he'll you know have the big Steelers game where he has that big game with nine was it nine eight or nine catches like ninety some yards per day, and then it's like the next week he disappears. I know he gets injured, and then it's, it's like one big catch, then you don't see him again. This is a guy that's all or nothing. He is seemingly right now, you know, the, the a nice little weapon that's coming along. And I thought Troy Aikman made a good point on the broadcast. You look at the Colts' record this year, obviously, and you look at the Colts' offensive numbers, you would think, oh, well, the receivers must suck. But I thought, I thought he was spot on. He said this receiver group is a lot better than they get credit for. And if you want to include Jelani Woods in that receiver group, I would agree. And that's another weapon that's starting to kind of develop. And if you want to say that's part of the reason why Nick Foles is playing, because maybe you can have him play a little bit, you know, give the young guys a better chance to make some plays. I don't know what's going on when it comes to like, you know, target shares and looking at big imposing weapons that are, that are um, matchup nightmares for other opponents. And so you have a great first drive and then it's like, Oh, just go away from them. I know it's also play calling as well, but it just meant. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think I think that's the thing. It's not just one thing. It goes. It starts with play calling and, and and game planning, and and it's one of the areas where I think being short three guys on this staff don't doesn't help, especially when one of them is the tight end coach or was the tight end coach, uh, you know, throughout the year. Um, that that's not doing anybody any favors here. Um, but I also think it's just general inconsistency of this offense, not putting themselves in good positions. You know, I think you've got certain things in in mind. And then you lose nine yards on a screen pass, and now you know whatever you're gonna call becomes a completely different situation. You just don't get into that that kind of a rhythm. You see other offenses get hot; they'll, they'll get a hot hand. They'll go to the guy, you know, four or five times in a row, or at least you'll see like a, an entire quarter dominated by a player. Uh, and then when defenses adjust to that, they get somebody else hot. This offense has the personnel to do that, but they don't have a consistency to do it. They just put themselves in bad situations way too often. You know, they're behind the chains. Uh, there's a penalty here. There's a, a negative play there, a turnover here. And I think it just, it, it affects all the individual players that way. I can't really think of anyone on this offense who's been consistently good, you know, week in and week out and, and game in and game out. Um, and, and it just goes back to those issues that they have just trying to to mount back-to-back drives that are really good i mean when that's happened it's been rare i usually note it on twitter because it's such a amazing occurrence this year you hardly ever see this team put together even two drives in a row so i think any individual player is just going to fall victim to that that's true yeah i mean it's just, it's just so frustrating because you watch it and it's like okay there's actually something positive to watch on this offense as like anytime someone Starts to shine, it just physically disappear. But hey, I mean, again, it, it does end in a loss to me. That's, uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, George, the most important thing the Colts again do fall to the Chargers 20 to 3. They are 4, 10, uh, and 1 on the season and do right now hold the number five overall pick, which could, could maybe be used to draft the eventual answer at Cordek for this team. Speaking of which, George. Let's talk about that and uh, the possible the future of the head coach position because Jim Mercer did speak with ESPN before the game on Monday night and had some, we'll call it, interesting words about both of the two most important positions the Colts will have to address this offseason. We'll tell you what he said in Rack 2 when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns. <laughs> 